Good morning, everyone. It's good to see everyone here this morning. And <clears throat> as Brother Anthony said, we come off of our, uh, our Thanksgiving. Uh, and hopefully that today is an easy day to praise the Lord. And, you know, I hopefully you had a wonderful week and wonderful weekend. And, you know, certainly uh, for a lot of people, you get the time off from work and you don't have to think about those things and you kind of focus on thanking the Lord for what he's done for you in your life. And uh, I can certainly relate. As, um, as we said, we really enjoyed uh, having Adam and Carrie be able to come over and spend time with us. And um, it was... It was uh, a great surprise for our family and again we we want to thank all of you for your continued prayers on their behalf because you know even though it was good to see him he still has a long road to go it took him six six plus months in the hospital to get to the state that he's in right now and so there's recuperating and all those things that have to take place but nevertheless god is faithful and we're so thankful that we got to spend some time with him and and, and uh, to enjoy our Thanksgiving season. Um, and I picked this song this morning because <clears throat> I, I guess my question for you today is, where are you dwelling? Where are you dwelling? And when we come off of Thanksgiving week, hopefully you're dwelling in Thanksgiving. But I don't know about you, there's this thing that we go through that I think all of us go through that kind of gets in the way sometimes of being thankful. And it's called life. You all going through that? <clears throat> yeah. And sometimes life gets in the way of, even Brother Anthony said, sometimes we've got to muster up our thanksgiving. Sometimes we've got to look back and think about our thanksgiving to the Lord. And even though the Lord has done so much for us and has given us so much, his blessings abound, um, Sometimes, life gets in the way, and we struggle with where we're dwelling. We struggle to understand where we can find ourselves in this avenue of praise and thanksgiving. And I don't know, I'm going to read a couple of the verses of this song. And you know, sometimes we sing these songs, and I say this a lot, sometimes we just sing the words because that's what's written on the page. We don't really think about what they're saying. And, um, but the beginning verse says, Far away the noise of strife upon my ear is falling. Then I know the sins of earth beset on every hand. Doubt and fear in things of earth in vain to me are calling. None of these shall move me from Beulah land. Well, that part that I was talking about earlier, life, to me, that's what that first verse is describing of that song. All these things are calling out to us, sometimes from afar, sometimes right next to us. Um, strife and fear and doubt, all these things bombard our minds, bombard our lives in such a way that are we able to proclaim, like the, long, the, the song says, None of these shall move me from Beulah land. Or a life living with Christ in our life and extolling the name of our Savior and Redeemer, Jesus Christ. You know, a uh, couple of the prayer requests we heard this morning uh, of, of young people who lost their lives recently and 
the tragedy that, that that appears to be for us. And how difficult sometimes that loss and that lack of understanding that we have, that God has, he has that infinite wisdom and, and knows the end of the, the plan. But sometimes it's very hard when we go through difficult things like that because that's very painful for us, whether it's our friends, former students, whoever it is. When, when death comes, sometimes it rocks us and we struggle to understand, why, Lord? Why, does it have to, why do these things have to be? Well, um, I might get back to another verse of that song if you want to keep it open later, but um, I'm going to reference a story in the Old Testament found in the 16th chapter of Exodus. And one of the things that in this spirit of thanksgiving and spirit of wanting to dwell in this Beulah land, dwell in, in the presence of the Lord, um, is God's provision for the children of Israel. <clears throat> and I want you to think about how miraculous this is. And also, in our human mind, how rogue it must have become for them. And uh, I'm going to start in the third verse of the 16th chapter of Exodus. And the children of Israel said unto them, Would to God we had died in the hand of the, Lord, or, hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to, to the full. For ye have brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And this is the children of Israel complaining to Moses and to Aaron. <clears throat> Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain down bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out, go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. And Moses and Aaron said unto all the children of Israel at evening, then ye shall know that the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning, then ye shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that ye, that ye murmur against us? And Moses said, This shall be, when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, for the Lord heareth your murmurings, which ye murmur against him, and what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses spake unto Aaron, Say unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he hath heard your murmurings. <clears throat> and so there's kind of this back and forth that's happening between the Lord and Moses. Now Moses is kind of directing Aaron. This is what I want you to go tell the people. And, and obviously the Lord is directing this. Um, and it came, uh, sorry, I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At evening, evening you shall eat flesh, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread, and you shall know. And it came to pass that at evening the quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning the dew lay around about the hosts. And when the dew that lay was gone up, 
Behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said unto one another, It is manna, for this wist not what it was. I'm sorry, for they wist not what it was. They didn't know what it was, but they're calling it manna. This is the bread, and Moses said unto them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. And this is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather it, and he kind of goes through these instructions. I'm going to kind of skip over this part a little bit. He goes through the instructions of how they're supposed to gather it. And they're only supposed to gather enough for their household for that day. Except for on the sixth day. They're supposed to gather enough for two days to take them through the Sabbath day. And one interesting part as I was reading this again, um, let's see, where was that? So the thing was, if they took too much and they kept it over or their intent was, hey, I want to hoard it and I want to make sure I have enough to get me through tomorrow, because I'm not sure the Lord is going to deliver it tomorrow, the bread tomorrow, I'm going to take the extra. But any time that they did that, the bread the next morning was full of worms and it stank. So it basically went bad. Um, So here they were, God is providing this miraculous food from heaven. (laughs) And, you know, you might think, well, obviously they were complaining to the Lord, that they had it better back in Egypt because they were at least were full and were able to eat and could eat until they didn't want anymore. But the Lord hears those murmurings and he puts this miraculous thing before them. Um, in 27th verse, and it came to pass that there went out some of the people on the seventh day for to gather, and they found none. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long refuse ye to keep my commandments and my laws? See, for the Lord hath given you the Sabbath, therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread for two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Fill an omar of it to be kept for, the genera- for your generations, that ye may see the bread wherewith I have fed you in the wilderness when I brought you forth from the land of Egypt. <clears throat> and he tells Aaron uh, to do similar And the children of Israel, and this is the 35th verse, and the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years until they came to the land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. And then it gives us a measurement there. Well, and I ask you, where are you dwelling today? You know, For some of of you in the room, you've been serving the Lord for many, many, many years. And maybe you're in the 40th year, maybe you're in the 60th year, um, or maybe you're in the first year. 
And maybe you've been trying to serve the Lord and you're trying to follow his commandments. And, and you know, this is just a, an illustration or an example of God's provision unto us as his children who he loves. And yet, are we faithful even in the things that God has commanded unto us? I'm going to jump to the fifth chapter of Ephesians. <clears throat> The Apostle Paul here is talking to those. Um, and he says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But then the Apostle Paul, knowing that this thing, life, gets in the way sometimes of where we're dwelling and understanding what God has done for us and understanding what the offering that Christ gave for us as that sweet-smelling savor unto the Father. And he gives us some warning signs, just as Moses gave the children of Israel specific instructions from the Lord as to how they were supposed to gather this manna from heaven Apostle Paul says, But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. So he gives us the warning, but also gives us the answer. (laughs) Instead of these things, Don't fill your life up with all these things that are going to just cloud where you're dwelling. They're going to cloud your vision of what the Lord, but give thanks. He gives us an alternative to these things. Because sometimes, I don't know about you, but a lot of times, and, and you know, some of these sound a lot worse than others. Fornication, obviously, that sounds pretty bad, and we know that's pretty bad. But uncleanness, okay, well, is he talking about not taking a shower? I mean, sometimes I've got to tell my son to take a shower. But I don't know if that's the kind of uncleanness that they're talking about here, right? It's not. It's impurity in our life. It's, it's sin. It's, it's unclean thoughts, unclean speak. Sorry, Wyatt. <laughs> Shouldn't have used him as an example. But, but there was a time for myself. I had to be told to take a shower, right? <clears throat> so anyway. Um, but these things, they come in and they, they have opportunity to fill up our time, do they not? I don't know about you, but there's, there's so much out in this world that just is wanting to grasp your time, wanting to grasp your thoughts, wanting to grasp your desires. It talks about covetousness. That's a desire for things that aren't ours that we look upon somebody else and say, well, why do they get that and I don't get that? That doesn't seem right. Lord, I'm serving you. Why? Wait a minute. Those are, those are the kind of things that Satan wants to throw in our way that we would be so clouded and so distraught and so upset at what we don't have that we can't give thanks. That's when we have to find and muster up, well, what am I thankful for today? Whoa. But is it not real? (laughs) 
anybody here ever experienced that? I know I have. Sometimes I get so clouded up with what other people are doing, what other people, what other blessings people are receiving, or at least perceived blessings that they're receiving. Um, and I get so tied up with that, I forget to praise the Lord for what he's given to me. And my mind gets so confused. I get confused. But the Apostle Paul here is trying to give us the plan and give us the opportunity because, you know, I don't know about you, but when he talks about that uh, first list, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you. Not once. That seems pretty unrealistic, right? I mean, I, I sometimes like the car Brother Pete drives or, you know, kind of like the house so-and-so has, you know? And again, it's, it's when we allow, it's not necessarily those thoughts, it's what we allow those thoughts to, are we allowing those thoughts to dwell within us so that then the Lord is then clouded away and we can't, we can't even see him. We can't even remember what he has done for us and what he has blessed our lives with. Um, I'm going to jump to the sixth verse. Let, let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. We can't influence the things that are around us. They're around us. The Lord um, called us but he didn't call us out of the world, right? He called us into his light. He called us into a life that we should live and serve God. And yet, what are we partaking in? Are we like the children of Israel, sometimes thinking, well, Lord, I don't think you're going to come through tomorrow, so I'm going to hoard the bread today. I know this is only my portion, but I'm going to try and get somebody else's portion as well. Or, Lord, you've blessed me, but I really want more blessings. <laughs> Ever prayed that? Lord, it just doesn't seem like it's enough. Where are we dwelling? What are we partaking in in our life? What are we filling up our time with? Are we filling it up with, as the Apostle Paul says, thanks to the Lord for what he has done for us? When we come into that avenue of thanksgiving and praising the Lord, we receive and it's, it, it allows that connection, dare I say, the manna from heaven to feed us daily. We know what we need The Lord knows what, more importantly, the Lord knows what we need and we accept what he provides. Apostle Paul goes on, he says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. And walk as children of light, for the... Fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness 
and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And then he kind of continues on and he talks about these things that we should be doing, even as we gather together and we talk about this uh, when we get together, speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord. Are we giving thanks in the name of our Lord? that we might continue to receive and that we might continue to dwell in Beulah land as we sing in this song. The third verse says, Let the stormy breezes blow, their cry cannot alarm me. I am safely sheltered here, protected by God's hand. Here the sun is always shining, here there's naught can harm me. I am safe forever in Beulah land. I don't know about you, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Do I always reside there? No. But that's what I'm shooting for. That's where I want to dwell. I want to dwell with the Lord always. That when the storm breezes blow, that I'm not alarmed by their cry. That I'm not shook up or confused as I used earlier about which direction or what path the Lord's taking me on, I need to put my confidence and my faith in the Lord, knowing that I'm dwelling within Him and that He will supply my needs and supply my wants because there's no greater example. You know, that food that came down from heaven for the children of Israel, I, 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 it's just, you know, 40 years, think, 40 years eating the same thing. That's, I don't know, that doesn't sound very good to me. It wouldn't work on the keto diet, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but whether you're in your first year of serving the Lord or in your 60th year, have confidence in Him. He knows your needs. He knows what you need in your life. He can help get you through these other struggles. The sin, the doubt, the fear. Exercise faith in Him and you'll find yourself dwelling in the presence of the Lord each and every day. And don't forget to give Him thanks. May God bless you today is my prayer.